This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This week on I Know You Hear Me with Flynn Hendricks. I'm a stubborn individual. I didn't pay attention to the signs of burnout. So I, I don't even want to imagine myself in that situation. How did you overcome that? It's a great question. And, you know, I'll say, I'll be the first to say that I got it wrong a bunch of times, a right. lot of times, and I got myself deeper into burnout and deeper into adrenal fatigue and deeper into the symptoms, you know, by resisting the sensations and right. by, uh, you know, resisting that ebb and flow. Um, and that happened, you know, many times. So <laughs> it was really a process of, of learning. And, um, you know, ultimately, I, I realized that the only way forward um, is to sort of surrender to this ebb and flow, surrender to that parting of the clouds, and then knowing that it's, the sunshine will recede again for a time. I want to take a minute and thank our newest sponsor and partner, Dubby Energy. And while I'm doing that, I want to ask you a question. Are you like me and trying to find that pick-me-up throughout the day or just trying to find a way to get yourself going when you wake up in the morning? Well, then look no further because I'm about to give you my exclusive code to Dubby Energy. And if you don't know what Dubby Energy is, let me fill you in a little bit. It's a natural energy drink that doesn't have the crash, doesn't have the jitters. It's keto friendly and it has all the good ingredients that your body needs to help on focus, getting energy and keeping going throughout the day. And you don't have to worry about the crashes or the jitters at the end of it. I've started using it and God almighty do I notice a big difference. My focus is where it needs to be. My concentration is on point and I am absolutely crushing it in my workouts. And it's helping me on those long road trips to wrestling shows too. Because you know, as a traveling world television champion, I'm all over the place. I've got husband responsibilities. I've got dad responsibilities. I've got everything going on. And this stuff helps me get through it all. So if you want to try it for yourself, use my exclusive code, Glenn Hendricks, all one word, and use the link in my show notes below to go check out W Energy and get some for yourself and feel as amazing as I'm feeling right now. And you won't be disappointed. And I know you hear me. Hey, everybody. Just Jeff here with another episode from Tales from the... What? Hold on just a minute. This ain't Tales from the Haunt. Why am I here? Um, where's the... Uh, Flynn, are you over there? Guess Flynn. who's back? Oh, there he is. Back again. Jeff is back. Tell your friends that they should subscribe to this podcast and leave a five-star review and get connected on social media. Wait. Yep, yep. Hang on, did you start the show? I think so. Oh, cool. Well, I mean, that makes my job easier because um, if you were me, I believe you would say that we are back with another awesome guest here this week, aren't we, Jeff? Yep, yep. And this one's not so spooky. It's not so spooky, but it's uh, it's crazy scary how deep this conversation was today. And I think our listeners are really going to like it. And if they're like both of us, they may come away with a new perspective and hopefully find ways to better their lives on the other side of this wouldn't you say oh yeah yeah most definitely i've uh definitely uh taken away a lot from this one absolutely i mean this guys just to show you how busy we've been um this has been on our calendar for six months now six months and for whatever reason um the universe was working in our favor and the big man upstairs was looking out for us too because he put this in at a time when I, I personally needed to hear things like this at this stage of my life and with what's going on right now. Um, so this was very, very much needed. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity. I'm grateful for our guests for being able to book that far in advance and then still having such a fun time being here and having a chat with me. This was an absolute blast. But um, Jeff, before we get to the interview, what... Uh, there's some stuff I usually say every week to uh, encourage our listeners to get more involved and maybe do that magical S word. Uh, do you want to tell us what that is? Uh, subscribe to um, both podcasts. Do it. Yes. Uh, five star review all podcast and go back in the archives and listen to 
everything else that we've done in the past because you don't want to miss those awesome episodes also. Nailed it. And we've got links in the show notes for both podcasts, Tales from the Haunt and I Know You Hear Me. And go check those out. Subscribe, share, leave that five-star review because all of that is free to do and helps us out more than you know and helps us keep bringing you quality audio content like what we're about to bring here today. And then on top of that, too, um, Jeff, we've we've got some convention appearances under our belt. We've done some live podcasts. You think uh, we would want to go do a podcast maybe where some of our listeners are? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm all down for, uh, for live in-person episodes. Absolutely. So, guys, if you've got a convention going on in your area and you want us to show up, whether it's a scare actors convention, a haunt convention... A comic convention, it doesn't matter. If you want us there, get us in touch with the people that run that convention, and we'll do our best to make it happen. And who knows, if it happens and you show up and you come by our booth, you may be on the podcast. You may be heard worldwide. So uh, that sounds like a pretty good deal to me, don't you think, Jeff? Yeah, I can only think of one other good deal that would be, be there, though, would be, you know, if we took all of our merch with us. And, you know, got people to buy shirts and take pictures with us and all that good stuff, too. Oh, absolutely. But, hey, um, we're not going to leave out the people that maybe can't make a convention or that don't live close to us because, surprise, we can ship directly to you as well. So it doesn't matter if it's a t-shirt that has my beautiful face on it or maybe the name of this podcast. I know you hear me on it. Or maybe you want an animated 8x10 drawn by previous guest of this show, Katrina Pacina, of me telling Jeff to get out of my studio, as I've done so many times before, with love, for offering me one of those damn dog eggs. (laughs) I mean, we've got it all, guys. If you want an autographed 8x10, if you want me to do a personalized voicemail for you, if you want me to cut a promo on somebody that you don't like, or if... Your kids aren't behaving, and you want me to cut one of those mean wrestling promos? Yeah, I'll do that for you. Or if you just want to rock the merch and support, let us know, guys, because you can go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Hendricks, or you can email me or Jeff, and we can ship it to you directly. And then if you tag us on social media, guess what? You're going to get a shout-out on there so all of our followers get to know who you are, and then you get a shout-out on the podcast. So all of our listeners worldwide know that you are one of the cool kids that helps support this show. And here is the best part, and this is my personal favorite, Jeff, because not only is every sale going to help keep these podcasts afloat, but it's also going to take a portion of every sale and donate it to the Nashville Humane Society, or you can donate it to the Peter Mayhew Foundation. Because 10% of every sale we make is going to go to one of those charities, and you can decide which one it goes to, or you can let us decide and we'll donate for you. But either way, you help support these shows, and you help support a great cause. So, uh, Jeff, I would say that's a win-win, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, both are both are great, great foundations, and, you know, both of them need support. So. Absolutely. And gotta love those fur babies, gotta love the kids, man. It's It, it all goes to great causes, and that's what counts. But this is the fun part because this is where I get to talk to somebody face-to-face. Well, for you guys, audio quality, but not you can't see the face-to-face interaction we're having. But we've had this booked for about, man, going back to February of this year as we're recording right now. So about six months we've had this on the calendar. And after doing my research on this, this is one that I have been excited for and I am just ready to jump right into it. So let's go ahead and give this guy the introduction he deserves because I want to dive into what's going on with him. Um, This guy is not only the co-founder and the CEO of a little thing called ReOrigin, but this is something that really jumps out to me because I think it's something that could possibly help me in my life as well. So I'm excited to have on the show tonight Ben Ahrens. Ben, thank you so much for being here. I've been looking forward to this for a while now. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. Well, man, let's uh, let's dive right into it because I want to know where all this started for you. What led you uh, to want to create something like ReOrigin? How did all this happen? 
Yeah, yeah. So first, let's start off with what Reorigin is. So Reorigin is a company that offers brain retraining programs and technologies for people who are struggling with chronic conditions, really anything ranging from anxiety and depression to um, these hard to diagnose and treat chronic conditions, yeah. things like long COVID and chronic fatigue syndrome, post viral fatigue, mm -hmm. uh, fibromyalgia and chronic pain. So, the, you know, the chronic ones, the difficult ones. Absolutely. Um, and as it turns out, one of the reasons that these are so difficult to address is because they affect everyone so differently. Right. They're multi-systemic and really they have a lot to do with the brain, which is sort of like the chief orchestrator of all of the organs and cells and systems of the body. And um, if the brain gets thrown out of whack, if it learns the wrong signals, we can get into you know some of how this, this happens and practical uh, implications there. It can basically deregulate the entire body and the nervous system and all of these different things that normally need to function in harmony in order for us to experience what we simply know as health. So this can be a complex animal. And um, my inroad into this was actually not directly through through medicine. I was always fascinated with health and, and the human body, the human being and what Absolutely. we're capable of from a young age. Um, I mean, you know what? when you get into something like fitness or working out, you know, mm -hmm. how um, fascinating that can be to see oh, your yeah. body change and right, like you build these different abilities. So I definitely got into that at a young age um, and made that my career. I was a fitness professional in my mid 20s. And um, around that time at age 25, I actually came down with one of these chronic uh, degenerative conditions. It uh, turned out to be a neurological Lyme disease, oh. but it took many years to diagnose. Yeah, and it was a uh, basically infection of the brain and nervous system. Man. That yeah, I can see your facial expression there, pretty pretty gnarly. Yeah, and ultimately, you know, landed me in bed for about three years. So I was Gosh, totally immobilized man. with brain fog and neurocognitive issues yeah. and chronic pain and all sorts of stuff. And um, it uh, it took many years and many different doctors to figure out what was going on and taking a lot of missteps. Um, but ultimately, you know, what I learned is that the brain, like I mentioned, is this sort of chief operating officer of all mm -hmm. the, the bodily systems. And if we can address things on the neurological level, on the brain level, it's possible to get the body to work back in sync with itself. And when the body's working in sync with itself, then it starts to resume its natural healing functions. And we know the body has these natural healing functions because for anyone who's ever had a cut on their finger or a wound or a bruise or broken something, um, obviously the body has that ability to self-heal. Yep. So I think a lot of the you know um, healing in this day and age that needs to happen when it comes to these types of chronic conditions is not necessarily going to come through a pill or a surgery or some outside source, although there's certainly time and a place for that, Absolutely. but it's going to actually come from within. And so, you know, Reorigin is really um, a way to provide people with the education, the tools and the skills uh, needed to reinvigorate their own body and brain to resume its self-healing functions. Absolutely. And that's so fascinating too, because uh, like you hear it or you may see it on social media, especially where you talk about, you know, like you not only have to have, especially like referencing fitness, it's not just what you train in the gym or what you eat, you know, like what you intake. It's also what you feed yourself mentally because if you don't have the positivity coming in or you just have negativity, you're not going to get restful sleep. You're not going to allow your body to promote that self-healing that it does. And you're just going to constantly keep setting yourself back. And in all honesty too, like when you were bedridden for that many years, with, you know, with this disease that wasn't treated right off the bat or wasn't even diagnosed, how did you come out of that fog or how did you overcome, like, not, not falling into the negativity pit? How did you get past that? Yeah, I, I think that was actually the, the toughest part, right? It's the, the, the mental aspect. Because yeah. at first, when something starts, you really don't know what you're in for. So, right. you know, you can like, oh, I can kind of remain patient for this because thinking, mm -hmm. all right, maybe a couple of weeks you know, wait it out and yeah. we'll, be, we'll be good to go. But when weeks turn into months, turn into years, you know, at a certain point, um, you definitely lose hope. I certainly did. Absolutely. And yeah. um, that's where I started to become aware of some deeper internal signals that my body would send me periodically. And I, I actually gave a TED talk about this a few years ago where um, about, you know, three years in, I was in this, this 
terrible state emotionally, mentally, physically, of course, just, um, you know, seeing my, my future erode from before my right. eyes at age, you know, 25, 26 and, um, uh, not having, you know, very much, uh, to grasp onto in order to, to get out of that. And so far as answers and, and actions that I could take. And there was this moment though, that really started to catalyze a shift in me where maybe it was some higher, you know, innate wisdom in my body just took this deep breath and sighed. And on the other end of that sigh, there was like this little bit of peace and calm, something I hadn't experienced in years up until yeah. that point. And I was like, whoa, you know, what was that? That was, that was interesting. And I did it again, took another deep breath and there was this little bit of calm. And the magic thing was that I realized that because there was nothing else in my life that I had control over, couldn't control my energy levels, my health, where I would go, what would happen, but I could control taking this one breath. Um, and so I started to make that a practice, a regular thing. It was like, okay, this is the one thing I have control over in my life. I'm going to take this, this one conscious breath right. um, as many times as I can. And I would do that throughout the day. And I would experience on the other side of it, this little bit of reprieve, this little bit of um, you know peace that I would find there. And um, the more I practiced this, the, the wider that gap got. And also, interestingly enough, some of the cognitive symptoms started to dissipate a little bit. And this really? didn't happen overnight, but it was like brain fog. Would I would get these little like partings of the clouds, right? Yeah. That I could see the sun. A little rays of sunshine sun. come through. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A little rays of sunshine coming through um, just for a moment. Then it would, you know, pass right, back right, right. again. And, um, but then I'd repeat the process and there would be that little ray of sunshine there. Um, and I learned to do this sort of, reliably and repeatedly and, and i and i also started to become interested okay what is that feeling and why is it that it makes me feel more clear and even start to get a little bit more energy um and that's where i started to learn about the brain and how we could through our own actions through things like breathing through things like um different exercises that we could do in the same way you can do exercise to train your muscles mm -hmm. there's exercises you can do to train your brain and if we can train the brain in certain ways um, we can expand that parting of the clouds and we can deepen those, those rays of sunshine. Absolutely. And so, you know, it, it was a, a lengthy process and a, learning a lot of different things from neurocognitive rehab and something called neuroplasticity, which is your brain's ability to, to change and heal and learning exercises that have been used to help stroke victims recover the use of lost limbs and things like that. Right. Um, and uh, so step by step, I started to learn and apply and put these pieces together very much in the same way that when I was a scrawny kid at, you know, 13 years old, I started to learn and apply and put exercises together and change my body. Absolutely. So now I was changing the way my brain was functioning. I was changing the way, you know, downstream that things in my body were, were functioning. And over a period, you know, it took time over a period of years, um, I, I started to experience a uh, subsiding of all of those symptoms. And, you know, eventually uh, within a couple of years was completely back to full health, back to full-time work, and then just doubled down on my, my fascination with what the human being can do. Absolutely. Man, that is so powerful and so fascinating. And, and one thing that I really want to question, because I, I'm guilty of, as you mentioned just a moment ago, like having those little moments where the clouds part, the sun comes in, and then they go away. When you're in a situation like that, as you're figuring these things out and you have those, I guess we can call them aha moments or rays of sunshine, however you want to say it, when you have those moments and then they go away and you're still, you know, on the road to recovery, how do you avoid falling into those major setbacks and just derailing everything that those little moments of deep breaths gave you? How did you, how did you avoid that to keep that path going? Because in a situation like that, I can't say that I would have had the the strength to do what you did and just keep going and pay attention to the signs that your body was giving you because I'm a stubborn individual. I didn't pay attention to the signs of burnout. So I, I don't even want to imagine myself in that situation. How did you overcome that? It's a great question. And, you know, I'll say, I'll be the first to say that I got it wrong a bunch of times, a right. lot of times, and I got myself deeper into burnout and deeper into adrenal fatigue and deeper into the symptoms, you know, by resisting the sensations and right. by, uh, you know, resisting that ebb and flow. Um, and that happened, you know, many times. So it was really a process of, of learning. And, um, you know, ultimately, I, I realized that the only way forward um, is to sort of surrender to this ebb and flow, surrender to that parting of the clouds, and then knowing that it's the sunshine will 
recede again for a right. time, knowing that it, it, it might, I might not feel it in this moment, but it hasn't gone away. You know, just because the clouds are, are covering it doesn't mean it's not there. Absolutely. And the, the, one of the biggest things I learned is I kind of think of it now as like the swing of a pendulum, everything in life has an ebb and a flow, you know, I'm, I'm a surfer. So I'll talk about uh, right. surfing analogies. I love uh, you know, the tides go in and out, the waves oscillate up and down, mm -hmm. our energy levels fluctuate. And we, we need that. Obviously we're not on 24 seven. We have yeah. to sleep eight, six, seven, eight hours a, a day. So the more we honor these rhythms and, and allow ourselves to flow with them, um, the better we function. That's our nature is to have these ebbs and flows. Now, when you're in the throes of an illness, the high tides might last longer than the low tides, right? right? The cloudy days might last much longer than the sunny days. And of course, it's it's not our preference to have things that way, but it is something that needs to be, um, you know, acceptance is kind of a word that comes to mind uh, for the time. Not, no, not thinking that it's going to be this way forever, but for now, this is the way these tides are functioning. Right. And so I have basically two options. I can resist it and produce a lot of excess adrenaline in the process of doing that and drive myself deeper into burnout, or I can flow with it. And that was the hardest thing to do. Yeah. And so the way that I kind of, I actually, I'm a very visual thinker. Mm -hmm. um, and the way that I kind of picture this now, and, you know, of course, even now there's the life always tosses us new challenges. So we have to still honor these ebbs and flows. So I kind of think of like a pendulum, right? Pendulum swings back and forth. Um, and if we try and stop the swing of that pendulum, that's to say we try and, you know, keep things on one side. We try and only stay energized, only stay happy, only stay feeling this way, not honoring that, you know, even chemicals in the brain fluctuate. We can't keep the dopamine system on, which is the, you know, happiness molecule right. more. We can't drive that. We can only drive that um, that pathway so far before we drive ourselves into the ground. Very true. So um, one of the things that that I like to imagine is imagine you have this this ebb and flow of the the, the pendulum swinging. The other option, apart from resisting it, is to climb the string, sort of climb the rope of that pendulum. Now the pendulum is free to swing wherever it needs to go, but we're no longer really being affected by it because we're you know, not traveling so far with the, at the top of that string. Absolutely. It's kind of like, you know, another analogy would be like the center of a wheel, right? The, the perimeter of the wheel is whizzing around, whizzing around, but the closer you get to the center, the more calm and steady um, you can maintain. Um, I actually, when I was, when I was going through my recovery process and really coming back into full-time health and life, I wanted to challenge myself in, in yeah. other ways and did something I'd wanted to do for a really long time, which is I went to a motorcycle racing school, uh, MotoGP wow. school is after I was fully recovered. Right, right. Um, and there I learned an incredibly valuable lesson because you're whizzing around the racetrack at 160 miles an hour mm -hmm. and um, inside the helmet, you have to be completely still, completely yeah. calm. Oh, yeah. So this is kind of an analogy for how we can a sort of practice something that we can all get better at, which is to say in the, the throes of life, when we're feeling, you know, these, these emotions, these chemicals running through us, these situations or circumstances that we may yeah. very well be in, in our real lives, we always have this ability, not easy, but we have this ability to remain calm and at peace in the center of the chaos. Man. Um, I said this about a another interview that I did just before we had this one that I feel like the universe was working in my favor unbeknownst to me to schedule us for this day because this the little analogy I used in my last interview was I'm I've been going through a you know low point I was riding a high point and crashed right down and this could not have come at a better time and I, I'm just curious too because there are a lot of people that go through these and you know, like they don't just ride the waves. It's hard for us to let go and ride those. We want to be in control. We want to control everything. And I'm guilty of that myself. But do you feel like in a world now that's full of, you know, social media, we've got everything in our phone where we can jump to see what other people are doing and, you know, compare ourselves, keep up with the Joneses, whether they're lying, telling the truth or not, we still compare ourselves do you feel like that has had such a negative effect on these people that it inadvertently causes some of these symptoms like that you'd mentioned about anxiety, depression, burnout, all that stuff that, you know, it just automatically puts the brain in that negative category where it's not feeding the body 
And then it's just kind of like a self-repeating cycle of the pendulum going back and forth, but it's not ever getting you on the hamster wheel or off the hamster wheel, so to speak. I, I think it's, it's yeah, fairly clear and, and safe to say that um, the constant buzzing, the screens, the social media, the access to negative news and constant stream of it mm -hmm. um, has had a, a negative impact on, on many people. We've seen, you know, um, anxiety and depression and burnout and these types of things on the rise for the last several years oh, yeah. and steeply on the rise since, uh, you know, 2020 sure. with um, uh, something like a 3X in um, screenings for anxiety and depression yep. um, since 2020, which is enormous. And um, yeah, so, you know, I, I, I think the brain is is evolved to a certain point, but it hasn't really evolved. It, it's a it's an ancient brain in a high tech world. It hasn't evolved to consume all of this information. And yeah. it used to be back in the day that you know information that we that we did get um, could be immediately acted upon. So you know if we were living in a small village and we were neighbors, and you know I rushed over to your house and said, oh, there's a fire down the street. Okay, well you can you can do something about that. Because let's say maybe there's only you know. Uh, 20 or 50 people that live in that village and you know right. everybody you can get out you could help you could you know if the fire is coming for you you could get out of the way so there's something you could do and this is talk about that ebb and flow this is the way evolutionarily that the brain and body are designed to function adrenaline or, or adrenalizing uh, stimulus comes into the system we take action so the reason that the body gives us adrenaline is to drive our focus and and stimulate the muscles to basically prepare us to take action. So we have to like use that adrenaline. The problem with this in this day and age, we're getting this news that the fire is, is on, you know, the house is burning in the Ukraine and all these other places that right. all this stuff is happening all over the world that we can't do anything about. So we have this flood of adrenaline signaling the brain, take action, take action. And there is no action that we can take, um, at least not nearly in proportion to the amount of stimulus that's coming in. So this kind of goes back to being that or practicing being that calm center of the wheel, um, practicing being the sort of, uh, you know, race car driver or, or MotoGP racer who yeah. might be whizzing around the track at hundreds of miles an hour. But inside, we have the ability to, to maintain this sense of peace and calm. Now, the first step is awareness that we have that ability. And I think this is the number one thing where people get swept along with that swing of the pendulum is we don't even know that we have the option to get off right. that treadmill, as you put it, right? We're just helplessly mm -hmm. being pulled into it. That's, that's so true because, I mean, uh, I, the way I've, I've figured it out, and I've been guilty of it again myself, throwing myself under the bus here and being full, fully transparent, you don't want to be the one that's not flying under the radar because you don't want that spotlight on you. You're afraid of what other people may say and they have no say-so in your journey. They don't know the full story, but we're all still so worried about that. So we just keep doing the same things over and over so that we don't put ourselves in the spotlight and it just makes things worse. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think in this day and age also, one of the things that we have to do, because we'll never, we'll never escape all of the information influx that's coming that's in, it. right? Sure. We can, you know, delete our social media accounts and things like that, but mm -hmm. we're not going to avoid hearing all the news and all of the stimulus that's just coming in from, yep. from all around us and the constant sort of buzz that we live in. So there is another option. We can learn to desensitize ourselves from it. And this is really at the core of, you know, the work that we do with Reorigin because again, you know, the brain evolved to a point to keep us in homeostasis and harmony back in ancient times when when we were in sync with nature's rhythms and we are so far removed from that and you know i'll, I'll just take a, a pause for a moment and say that overall i'm a i'm a, an optimist i think yeah. that all of our technology and things that it's afforded us it's a total net positive um of course there's negatives with it that we're talking about with like the brain overload and social media but overall if you think about it like you know, I have a phone here that gives me access to any bit of information I could ever yeah. want in the world. Um, and uh, so it's an incredible superpower. It's just that unwittingly, it turns out it's really using us more than we're using it most of the time, unless right. we become conscious. And once we're conscious and we have some simple frameworks and tools, 
now we can actually master the same way I can, I can master this phone and go to Wikipedia and learn stuff that I want to learn instead of it pushing notifications and things that it wants me to, to check out. Mm -hmm. um, I can also master my brain. I can also be the master of where my own attention goes. Yeah. And this is something that again, first and foremost takes the, the, the knowingness that is possible and two, um, practicing it, practicing it. That's, oh man, that's such, it's so true and it's so powerful and it's, again, it all comes down to getting those repetitions in, but it's not stuff that we're used to hearing because like you said, we've got these phones here that ages ago, two decades ago was not even thought of. It was a computer that was a black screen with green, with green wording on it that probably took up a whole room if we were you know <laughs> thinking about it, but now it fits in our pocket and it's controlling the majority of the population Whereas, like you said, you use it to learn things that you want to learn, and it's it's just it's a lot of perspective that a lot of people don't look at because they think it's all social media or it's all this or all that, and my friend's doing this, my friend's on TikTok, I've got to do this, and it kind of all goes back to what are you feeding your brain at the same time? Are you using it, or is it using you? Yeah, exactly, and and the brain really does the same thing. You know, we have this this system in the brain that's known as the default mode network. Uh, in meditation practices, they'll call it things like the monkey mind, but it's basically this part of the brain that's like buzzing, right? It's right. a lot of people experience, especially if you've experienced something like burnout or anxiety, oh, yeah. you go to sit down, you go to rest, you try and meditate and what happens? Brain is ping-ponging all over the place. Your I should, be doing, this. Just I should like, be doing this or this has still got to get done or what about this? Like, just, is my phone going off? I feel the phantom vibrations, whatever it may be. Like, it, it's, Exactly. Oh, it's ridiculous. Exactly. And also here, here's the kicker. We, uh, when we, when our, we're focusing on that buzzing on, on the brain going to all the to do's and the alarms and this and that, what we're focusing on is a very, very narrow spectrum of reality. It's a very narrow spectrum of all of the possible things that we could be focusing on. Right. In this moment, you know, if I if I were to be in that state, yeah, I'd be focusing on all my to-do list and what I didn't get done today and what I got to do tomorrow and what I should have said to that person, what I didn't say, all that kind of stuff. But I could just, oh, I won't say just as easily, but um, it's just as possible for me to focus on how pleasant it is to be, you know, sitting in this room with air conditioning, to to have this nice, you know, lighting, Absolutely. to be having this great conversation, to, you know, enjoy the 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 color of your shirt. Like all of this this interesting or or positive information that's yeah. also coming in through the senses suddenly becomes ignored <laughs> the moment we start focusing on all of those things. And it's not that we're consciously focusing on that. It's simply that that's what we've been unconsciously practicing for for years if not decades of our lives and once we start practicing the other way once we start choosing and pausing and saying hey i'm going to like sure it might be true that i've got a big to-do list here and it might be right. true that i've got you know all this stuff at the same time all of these other things are also true all of the pleasant things that make me feel positive are true and what's my role what's my choice what's my responsibility is to make that uh, shift in focus and to choose the, the the focus that's going to ultimately make me feel calm, better, more happy, because when I'm in that state, calm, better, happier, um, I'm more effective, I'm more productive, I'm living a better quality of life. Absolutely, man, that is so powerful. I, I love that approach. And I have a feeling that that's going to come back up in this in the conversation here, because you know, again, like that was a huge part of your journey to recovery. And after that road to recovery is in process, you know, you mentioned reorgin. So let's jump into that and how you started this and you co-founded it and you didn't get overwhelmed doing it. I want to know the whole story and how you navigated all these speed bumps, all these detours and things that come with starting something like this. So let's let's jump into that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so you know, reorigin, as the name uh, implies, is really about this return, return to yourself. So, right. um, you know, again, just going back to this analogy of, of being that calm, like sort of center of the wheel, um, I, I sincerely believe that when we focus on those things that make us feel positive, and we feel calm, and we feel at ease, um, and the body becomes optimized for health and healing, that that is actually our natural state. And when we're in that other state, the the anxiety, the brain ping-ponging all around, the default mode network being active, 
that is not actually, that's, that's an altered state of being, an altered state of consciousness. So reorigin is really about helping people resume that natural state because once they're spending more time there, um, it's not about just positive thinking. It's about fundamentally rewiring the way the brain functions so that the body can reallocate its resources to the things that are important, like long-term healing and recovery. Um, and also replenishing of the brain's neurochemicals responsible for happiness and focus and creativity and all these things that enhance life. Um, so yeah, so, so getting started with reorigin, um, well, I'll back it up a, you know, a few years that you ever had these kind of experiences where, um, there've been a lot of different disparate things in, in your life. And then there are certain things that kind of come together and then you have some, maybe you have some moments or glimmers where you have these like almost epiphanal moments where you're like, oh, like that's how all these things fit together. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So I, I'd say that's, that's definitely um, the, the way uh, I, I feel a lot when I think about, you know, how things with the reorigin are, are coming together. Um, because I, I, I would say one thing that turned out to be a positive, although it didn't always seem like a positive when I was younger was I think I always had a, a tendency to follow curiosity um, whether it was just researching something that I found interesting or, you know, pursuing something that maybe wasn't the most popular, like, uh, even as, as a kid in school, I was never into team sports. I was into solo activities right, like surfing right. and bike riding and learning to juggle and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, so those were not popular decisions. They were not easy to, to do because I wasn't following a crowd, Exactly. but then in retrospect, it's like a lot of different things kind of gave me different skills and perspectives to do what I'm doing now. Yeah. And it was a similar thing with, with reorigin that based on my own health experience and journey, um, I became fascinated with the brain and went to work with a company called innovative medicine, mm -hmm. uh, in Manhattan for about eight years. And this company was, um, putting on seminars for, um, all different types of doctors really that were looking at these complex conditions, um, from a different basis. And, you know, through that, I was just like a sponge. I was soaking up all this information. And for years, you know, my linear brain was thinking to myself, how am I going to, how am I going to make something out of this information? How am I going to do something? And, you know, I can honestly say I made, I made several attempts to either write a book or start a program or do something to like put all this info together in a way that could be useful. And yeah. many times when I tried to force these pieces together, it, it, they just didn't seem to fit. Mm -hmm. Um, then in the beginning of the pandemic, um, I made one more attempt to like wheel out all of these little scraps of paper and notes that I had collected over the past decade of my, you know, my own uh, healing and recovery journey and that, that work I did. Um, and I, I was always, you know, a little like taking notes and writing things down to get yeah. them out of my head. And so I had like an overwhelming amount of notes and I made one final attempt to kind of synthesize all of that, um, but at the end of the day, I, I didn't really know what, what to do with it. So I, I, I put it aside and kind of made a little, you know, deal with myself. I said, all right, this has been like weighing me down. And I was almost ready to like throw all these, these notes out, right. but I said, okay, I'm not going to throw it out. I'll put it aside. I'm not going to, you know, put the pressure on myself to make something out of it. Um, if I'm called to use this in some way, um, then I'll do it. And I don't even know what it means to be called, you know, in this sense, but that's, that's what came to mind. So that's what I did. I um, the next day I, I got an actual phone call from a friend, uh, that I had met about 10 years ago, uh, who had a similar health journey, uh, to mine. And, um, she had this idea for a, uh, neuroplasticity, uh, you know, company. Mm -hmm. And, um, she had, she had what I thought was a great name, which was reorigin. Right. Um, right. you know, she had a basic concept, but she needed all of the materials she need, and she needed a driver. She needed someone to, to help her, you know, organize it and operate yeah, yeah. it and run it and everything. Um, and I had had some experience in the business world from, you know, at my previous work and, mm -hmm. um, and I had had all, I had had all of this content, you know, a decade worth of content. And, you know, she said, oh, this is, you know, a big decision. I know you probably need to think about it. It's a lot of responsibility. Um, and I said, nope, don't need to think about it. I already have the content. Let's, let's make it happen. It. Um, and I had the contacts of that previous job of all of these doctors in the medical space. And, you know, so it was kind of like things came together yeah. very quickly. I won't say easily. And obviously it's kind of like the the 10 year overnight success exactly. thing, yep. right? Where it's like all of the ingredients it took you 10 years to make, but then to like 
cook the thing um you just baked <laughs> it in the oven right um, right yeah and obviously it was still a lot of work to to of you course. know you, when you start a business you gotta build a product and test the product and you know do several versions of it and do focus groups and build a website and um do social media and then promote it and then see if people will come and if they understand it and if they do come will they go through it and if they do that will it work and you know you, there's a lot of testing involved and a lot of steps and missteps um and so it's you know it's been been two years uh, of this and and during that time um yeah we we've put together all this material we've we've gone through several renditions of the program we've got and some amazing success stories um and we've gotten a, a a program and a product and a service that you know is really doing its its job and now people are finding it and finding their way to it um and uh yeah it's 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 exciting um and and for me i think the biggest challenge has been to learn how to consistently take action in the face of uncertainty absolutely um, and you would have think you would have thought that i learned that um, back when I was recovering from, from the illness, but this is even a whole new, new level, right? Because there's so many pieces, um, but I'm, I'm getting a kick out of it too. Oh, for sure. And, and one of the things too, that's, that I would say like is maybe facing uncertainty, especially when you're starting this up is, you know, a lot of these, um, these, what's the word I'm looking for here? These, ah, uh, I don't, I don't want to call them illnesses, but you know, like the things that you guys are helping treat and I'm, I'm having a little bit of brain fog here. But, you know, the, the ailments you guys are helping treat are normally ones that you would see on TV commercials for take this medication to help you counteract this or help get your life back or however you may want to say it. When you're taking these approaches, uh, you know, to restructure and help retrain the brain to rethink its approach to help the body become healthier, how do you overcome that when people are so used to seeing these commercials for medications and these different ways that are not what you're doing to approach these problems. How did you guys address that? Well, you know, I, I think most of the people that find their way to, to reorigin and, and really take action on it um, are here because they've unfortunately tried those things and they right. haven't worked for them, or at least they haven't worked uh, in a way that's lasting. And so, you know, one of the, the mottos or the, the, the quotes we have in the reorigin program that I like so much, it's attributed to Albert Einstein, is it's not about finding the solution, but undoing the basis of the problem. And I think when it comes to a lot of the things like you're talking about on TV, those approaches, whether it's a medication or, you know, something else, it's, mm -hmm. they're very much about masking symptoms or, or even, you know, treating symptoms. Um, well, not kind of, well, avoiding undoing the basis or the reason why the symptoms are there in the first place. Man, that's such a – I love that because the biggest thing you just said right there is masking the symptoms. And that is something that so many people really don't think about in those situations. And it's something I honestly didn't even think about or didn't put the pieces together until you said it because you think this is – it's the magic pill that's going to fix the problem or it's going to do this. You don't think about the side effects that come with it, and you don't think about is it really going to go back and cure – the source of the problem. And I, I love that approach because it gets right down to the root of it to start from the ground up and fix it because it didn't, like you, like you said earlier with your success, it didn't happen overnight. There's a lot of things that went into making it happen. And if you don't start and start, you know, dismantling from there and restructuring, the problem is not going to go away. So I absolutely love that approach. Yeah. And I think in this day and age, you know, um, it, it's really resonating with a lot more people um, when they hear that they, they intuitively understand it. They say, this makes sense to me. I, I always knew or sensed that something was was wrong with, you know, even though it's as easy and convenient and, and hopeful as it seems to take a pill and have that actually solve the problem. I think there's some part of us that knows that that's not the full story. Um, and that if we really want to heal on a deeper level, um, you know, the, I always like to say something like the, the, the cause of a headache is not a Tylenol deficiency or an Advil deficiency, right? The cause is something else. It's a blood flow issue, you know, and if you, if you solve that, you know, if you get out and go for a walk or take deep breaths or change your environment or get fresh air, um, and the headache goes to away or, or never even arises in the first place, that's what we would call a root cause resolution instead of just masking of symptoms. Absolutely. And I, I love that too, because again, it, it's a world, we live in a world of instant gratification. You can get your Amazon same day delivery, however you want to look at it. 
but the fact that you're not looking to mask that problem for a little bit just to get the instant relief and you want to address that problem and get it corrected and make it a long-term effect, I absolutely, I can't say enough that I love that approach. And when you, because you've done, um, you know, you spoke with the U.S. Army, you've worked with these doctors and these different medical professionals. When you're approaching them or you're, you know, like, giving these, uh, you know, talking to these people about, like, what you're doing, how do you um, confront, or I don't want to say confront, address somebody that may be skeptical about it or may not be as on the same page or not even willing to learn at first about what you're offering and what you're trying to do? How do you get them to see what you're doing and, you know, maintain that love of what you're doing as well? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it just comes down to inner uh, conviction and belief in in what you're doing. Um, at first, when I was starting off and talking to some of these, you know, other organizations with scientists and people that I felt were out of my realm, and even you know, U.S. military, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, I, I would sort of take a more uh, almost defensive approach. Like I really wanted people to, you know, to see that this was valid. Um, and, you know, now with reorigin, it's, it's not just coming from myself. We have a, a science advisory board of medical doctors and neuroscientists and PhD clinicians. And so, you know, I'm, I'm standing on the shoulders of, um, of people who have really put this into clinical use and, and know their stuff. But at the end of the day, um, not everyone is going to resonate with everything. And I think for me, the lesson has been to um, put this out with the in the best way with the most truthful information, the most accurate, you know, scientific information that I have or, or have access to, um, and with the best of intentions. And at the end of the day, um, whoever it lands with will take the next step. And that's Absolutely. not necessarily going to be everyone. Uh, but I think the people that need to to hear it and need to find it will. Absolutely. And it's, um, it's, I love that too. I, I'm saying that a lot, but I just, I'm absolutely enamored with what you're saying because it's so true because there are different things too. I mean, you can put it in perspective where you're trying to help somebody and maybe what you say plants the seed, but you're not the one that's going to help them take that next step or you're not going to be the one to take it on to that next level. But that next person that you pass it on to is the one that carries it on to the next, you know, to the next goal line or however you want to say it. So I absolutely love that. But like something that really stuck out to me was, um, you know, the treatment of anxiety and depression. And especially in today's day and age, it's becoming more prevalent and more common for guys to be comfortable speaking out about that and addressing their own issues. Because I know, you know, in the generation that I grew up in, my father didn't speak about it. My grandfather didn't speak about it. And it tormented a lot of guys that, you know, maybe now we see what the issue was despite them not talking about it. Can have you noticed that this is a way to address those problems, especially for somebody that may not be as willing to open up and admit that they have depression or even be able to accurately, you know, vocalize the problems that they're having. They just, they know they don't feel right. Are you able to help people in those situations as well? Yeah. You know, that's a really good point and, and really good point as well about the, the, the sort of changing tides. And, mm-hmm. and I, I'm seeing it also, you know, that, uh, guys are just more, uh, and everyone's just more, um, you know, apt to, um, to kind of speak about it. And I think one of the things that we do at reorigin that really makes that accessible to people, um, and, and this is a broader trend that's happening, uh, outside as well, but, um, it's, it's starting to see these conditions for what they are, which is just chemicals uh in the body you know when we start to dissociate from it i think one of the things that made it so challenging for we'll we'll use example like men you know our father's generation uh to talk about something like this or or express or even even uh, admit it to themselves that they're feeling depressed or something like that um was the over identification with that you know we didn't say things back in the day like like uh you know i'm experiencing anxiety or or right. depression or something we would say i'm depressed i'm anxious you know it's my nerves right it's mm-hmm. it's something it's saying something negative about me yeah. was the story that went along with it and the really hopeful thing that's happening now is with new understandings of science and how the brain works i think more and more people are able to take a step back from that story, which is really a fiction, and just see it for what it is, which is to say, certain chemicals in my body are dysregulated, you know, from for one reason or one reason or another, 
um, that's it. And I'm experiencing that. And now I'm willing to take steps to figure out why those things are dysregulated and what I can do to help to reorganize my, my system, optimize my brain and body and return to feeling like my best self again. Absolutely. And man, again, I want to go back to you on this too, because as you're doing all this, as you're starting reorigin and you're, you're making these leaps and bounds and you're helping these people that are coming to you, are you still able to keep up with the signs of your body to avoid things like burnout and just, you know, feeling down if you hit a setback or you hit a roadblock that was unexpected because life will throw those curveballs. As you become more aware of, you know, the brain and how it works, does that make it easier for you to pick up on those little warning signs or red flags that may be easy to overlook if you don't know what you're looking for? Yeah, so this is where, you know, looking back at the the experience I had with recovering from the the Lyme disease and those many years, uh, you know, in bed and crawling out of it. And like we talked about the not obeying that ebb and flow right. of the pendulum many times, you know, pushing too hard, finding my way, you know, back into burnout and then, and then being forced to back off again. For years, I, I did those cycles. And um, each time I would learn from it, sometimes not enough, but each time I would learn a little bit and the pendulum would swing, you know, not quite as far. I wouldn't let it, it get, let it get quite, you know, out of hands. But um, because I had so much practice in that, um, I've really developed um, a very, very, I would say, close uh, relationship with my body to mm -hmm. listen to these different signs. I've also consciously cultivated a very particular skill um, about which is transferring or transforming what's known as the threat response into a challenge response. Um, this is actually something that we teach at reorigin. Okay. And, um, this is basically the ability to, um, when you start to experience those signals from your body, let's say a feeling of overwhelm or anxiety, um, or something that might be triggering it like a lengthy to-do list or demands of other people or superiors or whatever it might be. Um, we have a choice in this moment. We can choose to see these things or to experience them as threats, or we can choose to see these obstacles as opportunities Absolutely. and to view them as challenges that can actually strengthen us. And so every day I, I, I do this practice. Things come down the, every day there's new challenges. Just today, uh, an email server that we had been working with got hacked and you know we had to deal with this thing. I never yeah. dealt with that before. So, um, all right you know, let's rally another challenge. Absolutely. And it might sound like a mindset. It might sound like just a little, a little, you know, mind shift or something. And on some level it is, but in terms of the impact it has, it actually changes your physiology completely. You know, if you, if you, let's say you, you get some, you look at your, your email inbox and you just get overwhelmed by it, all these things you have to reply to and things that you have to do. Um, if you really believe that this is a threat, you know, that this is something that's coming at you to get you um, and that this is going to like kind of wear you down, uh, the brain anticipates more of that threat. And it will do that by releasing things like adrenaline uh, and uh, norepinephrine. So these sort of stress chemicals that um, are very toxic, uh, taxing on the body. Um, conversely, you could look at that exact same email inbox and through practicing and visualization, mental rehearsal, you could reassociate that with a challenge. Like, all right, let's, you know, this is going to strengthen yeah. me. So rather than my goal being to do everything perfectly or, you know, get everything done, my, my orientation now, my goal now is to grow. It's to evolve. It's to get stronger. And so that is something that can enable someone to, you know, look at just about anything and see it as a challenge. And when you practice that and can really get into the challenge physiology, now your your brain is secreting serotonin, oxytocin, endorphins, right? These things that are Absolutely. they give you energy, but they give you renewable energy. It's not taxing on the on the system. It's not tapping into the adrenal circuitry. And it's actually um, you know, giving you this ability to take steps forward. Um, and at the same time, stay calm. So, you know, one of the things I learned from spending time with the military is, um, especially some of these, um, special operations guys that are oh, dealing with yeah. extremely intense, you know, uh, situations, their motto is keep calm and keep moving. And this is something that we can actually, you know, put into practice, um, in our everyday life. So let's say in an instance where things are feeling chaotic, you are feeling swept up in, in overwhelm, you can take a pause, you can take a deep breath, 
You can even go for a walk and go for a slow walk and actually practice, you know, physically staying calm and keeping moving at the same time. And the more you can do that, the, the better you you get at it. And so, yeah, I have to say, definitely there's been times of, of challenge and overwhelm and things getting temporarily out of hand when starting a new business. Um, but I've really, I really practice what I preach and, Absolutely. and it's been a huge net positive to experience every so-called hurdle. Um, it's, it's really uh, turned into a, a stepping stone. Man, I, I love that. And that's why I'm glad we got to connect here and have this chat tonight because that that's the stuff I love hearing because a lot of that stuff, it just sounds so overwhelming. Like even seeing it on paper and seeing what you have to do or reading it in a book when somebody tells their life story about how they did this or how they did that. It just seems like it's so exasperating to even think about because you, like you're not in their shoes. You're not in their journey. But then you hear that they kept that positive mindset. They kept calm and they looked at it as a way of how can I grow from this? How can this challenge me as opposed to a woe is me mentality where you just give up before you even get started? So I, I absolutely love hearing that and that, you know, you didn't let it set you back, you know, into where you had come from previously and that you just kept, you know, like moving on, taking names and, you know, getting those reps in to have the success that you've had. It's so awesome to hear. That's, that's what it is. And and when you, you know, think about on a very practical level, um, how do you, you know, look at someone who's, uh, you know, built up to like a 500 pound deadlift, right? Mm -hmm. um, imagine someone who's never exercised before and they look at, oh my God, okay, I got to learn, you know, deadlifts and, and rows and bench press and all these and names of things and plates and weights and right. all this stuff. And I got to learn nutrition and recovery and, you know, uh, technique and all there's so much to learn, but how does it happen at the end of the day? One rep at a time. One rep at a time. And that is exactly how anything happens. And that is one of the benefits of, of shifting into that calm state. Because when we're in that dysregulated, that anxious state, what do we try to do? We try to take 10 reps at a time. We try and grasp at straws and reach for everything at the same time. And we find it's nearly impossible to have things come together in that state. But when we're calm, all of a sudden now we can say, okay, I'm just going to start here. And just with one email at a time, one rep at a time, yep. you know, and um, step by step, the journey is made. That's it. And it's uh, I, I love that I, that example that you gave there, because when you look at all those things or you look at all these different exercises you may have to learn, you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to get discouraged. You're going to feel guilty if you don't try all of those in one day, whatever it may be. And, you know, back in the day when I was a personal trainer and, and wrestling full time, that was one of the things I actually preached because if you're starting from the ground up, you can't let yourself get overwhelmed. You have to take it one step at a time and, you know, you have to approach it that way. Otherwise, you're setting yourself up for failure right out of the gate. You're not going to want to come back here. You're going to be demotivated. And it's the same thing in life in general. You just, you have to focus in on one thing, take that little win, move on to the next and repeat, you know, repeat until you get it done and you get to where you need to be. It's yeah. all in that perspective and you can't let other people from the outside make you feel like you're not doing enough just because you're not doing what they're doing. Everybody's different. You've got to stay on your journey and take that one step at a time and start building those wins and get that momentum in your corner. Yeah. And it's really helpful to to realize that there's other areas of your life where you've already done it. Absolutely. Right? Because so many times we fall subject to the, the sort of learned helplessness thing where we, we feel like we keep trying and, and we keep banging our heads against the wall and we're not able to move forward. Um, and then we, the more you believe something like that, the more you find evidence in, in, you know, the external environment to sort of uh, mirror that back to you. Um, meanwhile, we're ignoring the other areas of life where you have moved forward, you have Absolutely. taken steps, you have succeeded. And so I think that's so important for anyone who's, you know, uh, might be experiencing that overwhelm or burnout, not, know, not knowing where to get started even is like, well, what other area of your life could you look at where you did get started, where you did take steps? Yeah. And I think for a lot of guys, it's, it's working out, right? I mean, look at, uh, you know, Arnold was a huge inspiration to oh, me as yeah. he was to so many. And how did he succeed in, in business and in real estate and in, um, in politics one rep at a time? He, yep. he basically, he realized, and he's even talked about this in his, his biographies. He, once he figured out, you know, this muscle building thing, this exercise, mm -hmm. he had a template for how to make progress, Absolutely. you know, a basic template, a blueprint. And now he realized he could apply that same exact blueprint. And I heard him give a talk about this where, you know, he was talking about um, 
in in politics and and in uh, in movies also you know he realized that what got him the results in his exercise was repetition just yep. knowing the simple things that needed to be done and doing them over and over and over again not over complicating it That's and it. when he was learning lines or you know uh, scripts for the movies and um, speeches when he was governor um, he would practice these in repetitions in that very deliberate way applying the same principles of exercise to you know all of his other areas of life and so he was able to sort of export where he had success and import it into new areas of his life and i think we can all do that absolutely such wise wise words man thank you so much for sharing that and thanks so much for for having me here yeah oh, it's man, been a great of, conversation of course i've enjoyed this i've learned so much and i've found things that i think i can take and apply to my everyday life as well and i'm also going to have links to uh to reorigin so that our listeners if anybody is curious about it has any questions or you know they may have something that they can benefit from by contacting you guys i'm going to have that information in the show notes so that we can help out with that but um yeah great i think i'm i'm looking forward to this next part now because you know i've been asking you questions and learning about you so we're going to flip the script a little bit and i'm going to let you uh take the reins of the show and throw some questions my way. And we're going to flub. Yeah. If I can get my words out here, flip the script, have some fun and reverse the role. So let's, uh, let's get into it. Ben's your host. Yeah, now, ladies good. And gentlemen. So, all right. I've got a, a eclectic, uh, few questions for you here, but it. you know, I always like to, um, I'm just genuinely curious on, uh, what interests other people, what they're working on, things like that. And, and how, how you do what you do. So my first question is, uh, how do you keep your voice fresh and healthy? Uh, that is a good question. Um, I probably don't do it as best as, you know, other people may recommend or other people do, but definitely a lot of water. Um, I'm not afraid of being a quiet person. So if I have to have vocal rest, I'm not afraid to take it. But of course, that's usually the time that everybody that normally doesn't want to talk to me would try and talk to me, <laughs> but it's a lot of hydration and vocal rest. And then of course, um, I do recommend throat coat tea, especially for the voice acting type of thing. That is a huge go-to for me as well. But hydration is probably the most important thing. Awesome. Okay, and my next question is, uh, what are your current exercise goals? And my current exercise goals right now are, um, realistically, I would love to drop maybe about, I, the old go-to would say 30, you know, 30, 35 pounds or so. Just get back to um, the weight that I was in college. But in all honesty, I would just love to, drop maybe about 30 pounds of excess fat and just feel better. That's my main goal and not feel so tired all the time, but yeah. I, I'm guilty of feeling like I'm under a lot of pressure from the outside world and different circumstances going on. But I, I finally got a chance to get a workout in this afternoon. I feel great. I feel like I'm back to what I should be doing. And again, it's just getting those reps in and getting consistent to make it happen. That's going to be the biggest thing for me to actually achieve that goal. Okay, cool. Um, if you could have one superpower, what would that be? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to actually steal this from, uh, from the Dragon Ball franchise. If I could have one power, it would probably be instant transmission so that I could travel anywhere in the world within a few seconds. Don't have to worry about paying for a plane ticket, booking travel, booking a hotel, anything like that. I can travel. I can be back and sleep in my own bed and then I can do it all again the next day without any hassle. That would be cool. You ever yes, seen the movie sir. jumper? Oh man. It's been a while <laughs> since I have seen that, but such a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Really uh, gets you thinking. Of course. Um, in my next one, actually, I'm going to borrow. This is a question that uh, Tim Ferriss asks on his, his podcast. And I okay. think it's an interesting one uh, to understand like what someone's um, kind of core um, core message is. So if you had a billboard um, on which to put one message that you could get out to the entire world, what would you say? Give yourself credit. And mm. I say that because I am guilty of having issues of acknowledging things that I've done and not letting myself be okay with what I gave was the best that I had to give instead of going back and nitpicking because I'm very guilty of, Oh man, you did good, but it wasn't great. You could have done better, but you know, that's the result that it got. 
that's what's out in the world, and I should be able to be okay with that. So I, I think just give yourself credit is the one thing that if anybody would listen to me, that's what I would preach. I love that answer. I think that's so helpful and so important, and I agree. I think I think uh, we would all be better off if we could just give ourselves more credit. Totally. Absolutely. And yeah, my last question is, um, what are some of the things that you do that help you to avoid burnout? Oh, man, I think the biggest thing right now, uh, just because baseball season just started back, I absolutely love um, watching my son play and finding what he's good at out on the field and just seeing him take to it like a fish to water. It's so reassuring because I don't have to worry about getting an audition in or driving to a town for a wrestling booking or anything. I just get to sit out there, be dad and be supportive for him because I I didn't get that from my dad growing up. So it's a nice way to kind of, you know, break that cycle. And then also just detach from all the things that I enjoy doing and be there to see what he enjoys doing. Oh man. Yeah. That sounds great. And what an amazing way to, um, yeah, get outside of our, ourselves and absolutely, uh, and and you know, pay it forward and and just uh, everything. That sounds amazing. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate that, and I, I love the diversity of those questions that you brought to the <laughs> table because every time, man, I, I I say it, I'm a broken record on it, but I come away smiling uh, at the end of every questionnaire segment because it's just they're always so diverse, and I never know what they are going in, you know, at the beginning. And I think my dog out there agrees if anybody hears him. <laughs> but, you know, it's just I, I love that. And I love that no matter what, the diversity is there. And I still come away happy and, you know, just in the moment on the other side. It's an amazing feeling. So thank you for, for allowing me to have some fun with this, too. Yeah, my pleasure. And I'm, I am I like that you you do that, that you have that segment at the end of the podcast. I think it's, it's really fun on both sides. Absolutely. Now, I know, like. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's some guests that may not be okay uh, be comfortable with it, but I, I you know I'm not gonna put anybody on the spot to do so. But I just I love you know getting my guests involved and letting them have some fun too. Because if I'm sitting there grilling you for 45 minutes to an hour, I feel like <laughs> the role should be reversed and you should get your turn as well. So I just I have fun with it too. So I'm glad you did as well. Yeah, totally. No, and you gave some great answers. And um, yeah, especially I'm going to think more about that billboard one because <laughs> yeah, I think you really hit a lot of nails on the head for that. Oh, man, solving uh, solving life's problems and dropping little uh, little nuggets of wisdom here and dropping there. Nuggets. So that's, that's what it. this podcast is all about. But Love in, it. in all seriousness, thank you for for being here tonight and for you know like I, like I said, we booked this back in I think February of this year, yeah, and I now here so. we are recording it in August. And like I've the universe literally put it out here to be on this day for a reason. I needed it. I'm coming out of this with a huge smile on my face. So likewise, Ben, this has been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Likewise, Flynn. It's been, been great. And thanks again for having me here. Of course, man. It was my pleasure. And like I said, we're going to have uh, links for reorigin in the show notes. So if our listeners want to get in touch with you or get in contact and see if they can maybe make some changes in their life, I'm going to make it easy for them. Sounds good. All right, Ben. Well, I I appreciate you being here, man. Thank you so much. You got it, man. Thank you. All right, man. Have a good evening. You too. Thank you. And I know you hear me. some audio engineering done and you like the way this podcast sounds or the videos on our YouTube channel look, then you need to hit up my guy, Just Jeff. Trust me, this guy does some quality work and you can tell I've got over a hundred episodes worth of reference to show you the kind of work that he does. So if you're needing some engineering done, some editing, a video put together, whatever it may be, Just Jeff is your guy. So go ahead and email me at thefflynnhendricks at gmail.com, subject line, Just Jeff Services, and we'll be happy to get you in touch and see what we can do for you. And I know you hear me. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.